1: today on Cornerstone Connection with Pastor Gary Hamrick
2: When you read the Bible, it helps you to be wise about things concerning life. No matter what your experience or knowledge or background how many letters you have after your name or don't the Bible makes the simple wise. Give me wisdom any day over knowledge. Knowledge is the accumulation of information. Wisdom is the application. We need application. People can go around a lot of, with a lot of smarts and have no idea how this translates into daily life. This
1: is Cornerstone Connection the radio ministry of Pastor Gary Hamrick of Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. Pastor Gary is teaching through Psalms. Greater knowledge and understanding can make a huge difference in a person's life. We have so many pressing decisions that pull against us on a daily basis that what we may need the most is just deeper measure of practical insight. God has given us such a limitless resource for us to draw from of knowledge, wisdom, and discernment in the Bible that we would be foolish to neglect it. In today's message, Pastor Gary reminds us that regardless of our education and experience, God has something valuable for us today in His Word. Well, let's join Pastor Gary in the book of Psalms, chapter 119, with part two of his message, The Blessings and Benefits of the Bible.
2: Psalm 112 verse one, it says, "Praise the Lord, blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who finds great delight in His commands. Number four, it also means a long life. In Proverbs 10:27 it says, "The fear of the Lord adds length to life, but the years of the wicked are cut short. And number five, Psalm 34 verse seven tells us it means a protected life. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear God." And he delivers them. Now, the list is endless, really, when you think of the many wonderful ways the Bible says when we fear God, this is what it means in our life. But the basic point here is the psalmist is saying in this section, when we read God's word, it will produce in us a healthy, proper fear of God. The next section. Look with me in your Bibles here, starting in verse 121. The Hebrew letter of the alphabet is pronounced ayin, ayin. Verse 121 says, I have done what is righteous and just. Do not leave me to my oppressors. Ensure your servant's well-being. Let not the arrogant oppress me. My eyes fail looking for your salvation, looking for your righteous promise. Deal with your servant according to your love and teach me your decrees. I am your servant. Give me a discernment that I may understand your statutes. It is time for you to act, O oh Lord. Your law is being broken. Because I love your commands more than gold, more than pure gold, and because I consider all your precepts right, I hate every wrong path. I want to highlight that last verse with you, verse 128. He says, and because I consider all your precepts right, I hate every wrong path it's number 16 on our list it causes me to hate wrong paths now hate is a strong word i think we'd all agree and yet it is the word that the psalmist chooses here and it is translated hate in every english translation and the hebrew word for hate in this passage is sane sane and it means to have disgust or revulsion for something to have disgust or revulsion for something. So the psalmist is intentional here. He has disgust for something. And, and because he reads God's word and understands the right path, he hates every wrong path. Now the word wrong in Hebrew, or it's translated false in some of your Bibles. ESV uses the word false instead of wrong. It's a Hebrew word, shaker, and it means untrue, false, lying, or deceptive. So, whatever he hates, whatever he's writing about here that he hates, it is something false and deceptive, and it's well traveled. Because he says that he hates every wrong path. Some of your translations, ESV says the word way, it is the Hebrew word arach, and Vine's translation translates the word, Vine's dictionary translates it, a well trodden road. All right? So, it's a well traveled road that the path that he hates, is well-traveled. In other words, it's very popular. A lot of people are on this this path that is a false path, a lying path. And in addition, the word every is used here. I hate every wrong path or every false way. And the word every implies that there are multiple wrong or false paths. And he hates every one of them. So this this is serious what he's writing about here. And I don't think that he hates every wrong path because he's on them. I think, quite to the contrary, he's not on the wrong path. He's on the right path because he understands what is right and true because he knows God's Word. What he hates are all these lying, deceptive paths that have the potential to lead so many people astray. He hates all these well-traveled, very popular roads. They are well-trodden, is the word that is translated here for path or road, He hates all these lying, deceptive paths that so many people are on that are leading them astray. Now, please note the distinction. He does not hate the people. He hates the paths that the people are on. In fact, he loves the people so much, that's why he hates the paths. Because he sees so many people being deceived and being lied to. And there are a lot of well-traveled, popular roads that are leading many people astray, even in our own culture. Very popular paths, very well-traveled, that are lying, deceiving paths. Okay, you know them. I'll highlight a few. This is one that has been perpetrated upon the human race since the 30s. Is this whole concept that we all, here's the lie, here's the lying path. We all crawled out of a pond one day long ago. And then we sprouted arms and sprouted legs started walking upright, and got a job. (laughs) That is a lie that's being perpetrated upon the human race. And a lot of people are on that path. When the truth is that God says that he created us in his image and his likeness with intention and purpose. That we were not some just organism that eventually evolved over Gradual modifications over successive periods of time that we were created in the image and likeness of God himself with intention and purpose for our life. That's the truth that counters that lie. There are other paths in our culture right now that are lying and deceiving people. This has become a more popular path is becoming more widely accepted, that somehow God made some mistakes with people, and that some people who are boys were really intended to be girls, and some people who were girls were really intended to be boys. That is a lie. The truth of the matter is that you have been fearfully and wonderfully made in your mother's womb. And the Bible says you are God's workmanship, meaning his work of art created in Christ Jesus. God does not make any mistakes. There are no accidents. You were created with purpose and value. God loves you, and he created you in his image and his likeness, being fearfully and wonderfully made. There's another lie that many people have traveled, that our culture is perpetrating upon the people. Express yourself sexually outside of marriage. Experiment with illegal drugs. Abuse alcohol. Then you will find satisfaction and fulfillment in your life. That is a lie. The truth is that while those things may be pleasurable for a season, in the end, they only lead to disappointment and emptiness. And they rob you of ultimate fulfillment that can only be found in a relationship with Christ. There's another wrong lie and a long lying path that people are on. It has to do with this whole concept that all paths lead to God. Just find your path and you'll eventually get there. The truth is that there is only one way promised through the one who himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but by me. And that one way is Jesus Christ. Our world is full of well-traveled paths that are lying and deceiving many people, promising much, but delivering little, offering satisfaction, but proving empty. Jesus said in Matthew seven thirteen and 14, he said, "'Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life.'" and only a few find it. You can find that road that leads to life when you read the Bible. And when you do so, you will know what is right and what is true, and you will hate every wrong path that is deceiving other people, and you will do all you can to help other people who are on those lying paths to be saved and to come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. The next section is starting in verse 129. It is the Hebrew letter pei. It is spelled P-E, but it is pronounced pei. Verse 129, the psalmist writes, Your statutes are wonderful, therefore I obey them. The unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. I open my mouth and pant, longing for your commands. Turn to me and have mercy on me as you always do to those who love your name. Direct my footsteps according to your word. Let no sin rule over me. Redeem me from the oppression of man that I may obey your precepts. Make your face shine upon your servant and teach me your decrees. Streams of tears flow from my eyes, for your law is not obeyed. I want to highlight in this section verse 130. Verse 130 says again, The unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. It gives understanding to the simple. There's a similar passage in Psalm 19, verse 7, which says this The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. This is what this passage teaches. It's number 17 on our list. It makes the simple wise. Now, the word simple is used here by the psalmist there in, in verse 130, and the word simple can mean young. It can mean inexperienced, it can mean uneducated, or one who lacks common sense. I think you would agree with me that not everyone has the same exposure to the same information in our world. Not everyone has the same opportunity to learn and to get a good education. And even those who have been exposed to a relatively good education. uh, I, I came to realize early in my life, being very thankful that I grew up in this area and had the exposure to a pretty good, decent education, I became very aware pretty early on in school that not all minds are the same. Did you ever notice that? I remember in my high school Latin class, David Chu. David Chu came in one day to Latin class and told us he had gotten a perfect score on the SAT. Perfect. Perfect score on the SAT. I remember thinking to myself, I was just glad to get the 200 points for putting my name on the SAT. I don't know if that's true or not, but I, I heard that. It's like you get 200 points just for putting your name down. David, you got a perfect score. Good for you, David. I have no idea what that feels like, but good for you. But I also remember David having a meltdown in Latin class. because I was like, what's wrong, David? How are you? What's wrong? He said, like, I, I, I didn't get a perfect score on my Latin exam. I didn't know how to comfort him. (laughs) What am I going to say to that? I know how you feel. I don't know how he feels. I got many wrong test scores on my Latin exams. And then there was Mrs. Havard's chemistry class. Oh, Mrs. Havard's chemistry class. I remember the whole year thinking to myself, what is she talking about? Everybody else understood it around me. I realized not all minds are the same. I'm look- looking at this lady thinking, you are talking a foreign language. I have no idea what you are saying. They didn't tell me math was required for this class. <laughs> I mean, I could memorize the periodic table, okay, and I've forgotten most of it, and what good did it do for my career path, but nevertheless, <laughs> chemistry, Math. I don't know what side of the brain is engaged for chemistry and for sciences and math, but if you were to take an MRI of my side of the brain, it would look like a raisin. (laughs) I mean, there were people in school I knew all the time around me. They get this stuff. I don't get this stuff. I had to read things and reread things. What are they talking about? Not all minds are the same. Even if you are exposed to the same good education. But the wonderful thing about the Bible is that no matter what information you've been exposed to, and no matter what kind of education you've been able to get, the Bible has this wonderful way of leveling the playing field and making the simple wise. Now, I'm not suggesting for a moment if, if you just read the Bible that you can perform brain surgery. No! God forbid if I ever need brain surgery, I don't want somebody to come to me with a scalpel saying, well, I'm qualified because I read the Bible. Well, I, ho- I hope you have a little bit more than that. Some specialized training for certain fields. But what I am saying, what the Bible is saying to us is though that when you read the Bible, it helps you to be wise about things concerning life. No matter what your experience or knowledge or background, how many letters you have after your name or don't, the Bible makes the simple wise. Give me wisdom any day over knowledge. Knowledge is the accumulation of information; wisdom is the application. We need application. People can go around a lot of, with a lot of smarts and have no idea how this translates into daily life. Reading the Bible makes the simple wise. One of the most influential men in my life, spiritually speaking, was a man in my teen years that I met right after I got saved when I was 15. His name was Buck Lewis. Buck Lewis owned and operated the local gas station on Main Street in downtown Thurmont, Maryland, not too far from here. He went to my uncle's church, and my uncle pastored in Thurmont. Buck was well known for his mechanic skills. Everybody come from all over to get their car worked on At Buck's gas station He always had Grease under his fingernails He had hands that were Big like catcher's mitts But that man Not only had a good reputation for being a Master mechanic He also had a bad reputation around town For being the town drunk If you're old enough to remember the Andy Griffith show You remember Otis from Mayberry That was Buck Lewis in Thurmont He also was known for his language He had a mouth that would make a sailor blush His wife prayed for him for 30 years To get saved 30 years If you've been praying for a spouse or a loved one A family member, a friend, don't give up Kate Lewis prayed for Buck For 30 years And that man one day Got radically saved Radically saved Instantly had a dislike For alcohol, the Lord took it away His mouth, the language, the foul language was replaced with just wonderful words of thanks and praise to God constantly. People came into his gas station, he'd pump gas and he'd give them the gospel. He'd change their tires and work on their car engines and he'd share the gospel with them every single time. People would get saved at his gas station, drug addicts and alcoholics would get delivered. It was just a transformed life out of Buck Lewis. But he was a simple man, didn't even finish high school, fought in World War II. Got a bronze medal and a purple heart. He died in 2004. That man taught me more about just knowing Jesus and walking with Jesus and the work of God's Spirit in a person's life than anybody else I've ever met. Didn't even finish high school. Because Buck Lewis knew Jesus, got into God's Word, And he was a living example to me of how the Bible makes the simple wise. I would just love to sit with Buck Lewis and let him talk to me about Jesus, about Scripture, about life. He was a wise man and a godly man. And his wisdom outranked anybody I'd ever met with all the knowledge in the world. This man loved Jesus. And he just dripped with the wisdom of Scripture. After he died, they turned that corner gas station on Main Street in Thermont into a little park called Hallelujah Square. You know, in the Bible, it talks about the apostles. In Acts 4, verse 11, it says, they were unschooled, ordinary men. But it tells us in Acts 4, 11, that people who met them could tell that they had been with Jesus. God takes unschooled, ordinary people Nothing wrong with education. Get a good education. We have the opportunity to get it. Get it. But the wisdom from above is better than any amount of knowledge that we might accumulate in our lifetime. And the Bible, God's Word, makes the simple wise. The last section that we'll look at for today starts in verse 137. It is the Hebrew letter, Tzaddi, Tzaddi. Verse 137, it says, Righteous are you, O Lord, and your laws are right. The statutes you have laid down are righteous, they are fully trustworthy. My zeal wears me out, for my enemies ignore your words. Your promises have been thoroughly tested, and your servant loves them. Though I am lowly and despised, I do not forget your precepts. Your righteousness is everlasting, and your law is true. Trouble and distress have come upon me, but your commands are my delight. Your statutes are forever right. Give me understanding that I may live. I want to highlight verse 143, which again says, Trouble and distress have come upon me, but your commands are my delight. It's number 18 on our list. It brings delight to my trouble and distress. I think it was Benjamin Franklin who once said, Two things are certain in life, death and taxes. But Jesus, long before Benjamin Franklin, also said something else is certain in life. In John 16, verse 33, Jesus said, In this world you will have trouble. And then he comfortingly adds, But take heart, I have overcome the world. Trouble and distress are the evil twin children of this world. And at some point or another, you will meet them. Trouble and distress come in various degrees at various times. And our lives will be impacted in one way or another by a certain amount of trouble, by a certain amount of distress. The psalmist says, when I read God's word, it brings delight. It brings delight to my trouble and my distress. It is the Hebrew word sheshua. The word delight, and it means enjoyment, delight, and pleasure. Now, he's not saying that it turns my trouble and distress into delight. He's saying that in the midst of my trouble and distress, I read God's word and it cheers me up. It takes the bleak outlook and gives me encouragement. And if we ever lived in a day when we need a reliable source of encouragement... It is today. In the midst of our trouble, in the midst of our distress, when you read God's Word, it will cheer you up and bring encouragement. It won't necessarily make the trouble and distress go away, but it will make the trouble and distress manageable because the encouragement comes from God's Word. So these four things for today, number 15, it produces in me a healthy fear of God. Number 16, it causes me to hate wrong paths. Number 17, it makes the simple wise. Number 18, it brings delight to my trouble and distress.
1: Each psalm we read is intended to point us to one thing the sovereignty of our Creator. Through pain, tears, joy, and praise, we meet a new characteristic of God with each new chapter. Though we don't know the melodies that accompany this collection of old, we benefit from the deeply passionate and poetic words. We hope your soul has been touched by the teaching you heard today on Cornerstone Connection. Pastor Gary Hamrick will return soon with more from this Old Testament book. But in the meantime, you'll be able to find additional messages at cornerstoneconnection.cc. We'd like to encourage you to download our mobile app while you're there, so you can stay connected to God's Word wherever you happen to be. Each day can be made brighter by the love and power of our Lord. And it's so convenient to have it right at your fingertips. If you live in or are visiting the Leesburg area, We'd love for you to come be a part of our weekly worship services on Sundays. Cornerstone Chapel meets at 8:30, 10, and 11:45 a.m. each week, or try our Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. For directions and more information, visit CornerstoneConnection.cc. That's all for today, but be sure to join us next time for another in-depth look at the Psalms, right here on Cornerstone Connection. They say you're... That you've got no place to go, but still you know, but still you know. you're not alone.